Okay, so welcome. This is Alan with Zach and Robin. Good morning or afternoon or, or evening, depending on where you are. Um, so we had a match against Elcha on the weekend that was profoundly unsatisfying. Um, we've now played all three newly promoted teams, and we've drawn against all three of them, albeit two playing very defensive styles. Um, I don't think I can blame Weska as much um, on parking the bus. Um, Robin, what did what did you think of the Elche match in terms of are we going to see a lot more matches like this? Are teams going to just set up to block us? And do we have any answers? Yeah, it's, it's a hard one, isn't it? Really, I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to look this year. I think La Liga is just so crazy anyway. You just don't know what to expect with any game. So I thought we came into it a bit. I was worried by it anyway, really, because obviously we were missing El Casa. I, I do think that was a massive, massive mistake playing him. I understand why they wanted to play him, and obviously we were really having the choices, but I, I don't know. I think we we got that game completely wrong, really. It was just it was just frustrating to watch. I think I, whenever I was writing that match report as well, I was just really struggling to say anything in the first half. Like I think I just ended up quoting some random quote or something. So mm-hmm. I don't don't know what we're going to do about it, really. I, I, yeah, I'd be more interested to hear, hear what Zach has to say on it, really, because I, I must admit I completely zoned out in that match, really. I was just getting so frustrated and I just sort of walked off. Um, so it's not really a positive way to start the podcast, is it? <laughs> no, but it was rather it was rather reminiscent of, uh, you know, watching paint dry for a lo- for a long period of time. Um, Zach, okay, so you, so you're you've been teed up by Robin. What do you have to say about it? I, I just it's one of those things where um, because of the way that our different healthy attacking pieces fit together or don't fit together uh, we didn't really have great options like I see why Emery didn't want to start both Samu and Kubo mm-hmm. uh, because they both give the ball away so much that you know it would uh, detrimentally impact possession, which was going to be one of our big advantages in the game. Um, so he starts Bayana, who has an awful first half. I don't have a problem with him pulling Paco on. I, you know, if the if the training staff said he was fit, and I know they they waited an extra week just to make sure he was fit. You know, I I I don't think that's a call that I can possibly get mad at a non medical person for making if he's just going based on the information that, you know, the team's medical staff has given him. Um, and, okay. and we're, we're okay. just so I'm... up right now that we just don't have a good front three that fits together. Um, and then with our midfield, one of the things that's happening with our midfield against these low block teams um, is we're not – we're not switching play fast enough. It's not that we aren't switching plays, but we're taking too long to do it. Um, and and I, I, put a, I put a decent amount of that on Danny Parejo, who's been really good, uh, but he does like to hold the ball a little bit. Um, and, and so what happens is when we don't switch play well enough and we don't have a cohesive front three, uh, then you end up with matches like that one where they just kind of sit in a low block and we can't do anything with it and we can't get through it. Okay. I am getting a little, um, a bunch of noises as well as your voice at times. So I don't know where, where your 
if you're moving around or something. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I think the um, I think that one of the things that was contributed to the soporific nature of the first half, especially, was that play was very slow, um, and it seemed as though we also missed. Um, we didn't take many shots. I, I remember one maybe from outside the box. I mean, when you when the other team is basically playing a five four one and and is happy to sort of sit back in their half of the pitch, you really need to, as you say, move the ball around quickly or have somebody like Moy who can kind of create stuff in small spaces in the box or shoot from outside. And we really didn't have didn't do any of those things. Um, you mentioned, how, how, sorry. How do you, we, we, no, sorry, I didn't interrupt. How, I think maybe we should look at how we would solve that. Cause I, I definitely agree. There's, so there's a problem in the midfield and there's a problem up front. Obviously injuries itself, injuries are played into the up front bit, really. Obviously missing Alcaster has is, is definitely been a key, key factor in that and the sudden drop in goals, you know, not having him in that central position. And Jared, I have to recognise that you were both absolutely right at the start of the season. This you 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 both argued that Gerard is better on that right mm-hmm. than, than he is in the centre, and I completely agree with that now. Like I, it's, it's I don't know what it is, but yeah, he is so much better on that right hand side. I used to think he was better there just because obviously you know he's covering, helping Gaspar out, but he's actually there, really good in his own right. To be fair to him, I in terms of the stri- striking front, I think. Unpopular comment again, I guess here. I, I would prefer to see Fernino in the centre there, because I think he's the most closest thing to Alcácer in terms of a striker that we have there. Really, I know there's Jeremy and and, and Benier and stuff that can play there, but I think they're better in that kind of similar in, in sort of Gerard's role and Moy's role on the left and right hand side rather than the centre. I think Fer is quite close to Alcácer in terms of height and, and the way he plays, and maybe better at holding up the ball and possibly others. He's not one of those that takes on loads of players and tricks around them. He holds the ball up well and he also does a good movement. Again, he's very, very rough around the edges as a striker. You know, he does have to learn a lot and we, I certainly recognise as well, but I think he'd be best there. In terms of the midfield, I, I completely agree that Pereco's been sort of slow in turning. I think also, again, I, th- I think Ibora is also a slower player there as well in terms of, yes, defensive defensive mind, he's been solid as a rock there, but turning turning and playing the ball quickly to someone isn't really his style. Mm-hmm. So in a horrible, unpopular thing to say again, I think maybe having Pereco playing a bit more as a defensive mid and finding another attacking midfielder to play in front of him alongside Trigueros or possibly dropping Pareko and putting someone who's more attacking midfielder for those more different performances against them, maybe more attacking, you know, those two sides that are going to be more defensive. So that's a very long-winded way of saying it, but what did you two think about that and how would you say? Zach, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that um, we, we need to be careful to not let the way the schedule is sitting right now and drive our narrative on the goal scoring. Okay. So um, we, we've had this run of matches here where we scored one goal four times in a row and then scored no goals against Elche. And so the reaction is, okay, well, the offense is broke, but when you break down what those games are, um, two of them, we were playing basically our B team in the Europa league. And so I'm not going to try to build a narrative based on that. And in in two of those games were against 
two of the best teams in the league in Madrid and Real Sociedad. So, and then before that, we put three in Getafe, four in Maccabi, two in Valladolid, three in Carabag, you know, and then we had the Cadiz match right after we dropped five in Sivaspor. So I, I think that for the most part, especially once we get healthy, the offense will be fine. Um, but some of these smaller teams are, are making a living right now in the league off of uh, parking the bus. And I don't think anybody's really doing it better than Elche and Cadiz are. Um, so we need to not, I, to me, we just need to not get too carried away in the narrative just because of how the schedule is playing out right now. I mean, we haven't, we haven't played, you know, at, if we can't score multiple goals against Betis, um, yes, I'll be worried because their defense is terrible and they play a more open style. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not really worried about the offense right now. Okay, that's, you know, that's that's a fair point. I mean, I think I think it is frustrating when you see the lack of um, goal opportunities, especially against clubs like Cadiz and, and Elche that just came up. But you know, at least we got a point off Cadiz, which is more than what uh, Barcelona did. Um, I think that it's it sort of builds into a narrative overall with the league so far this season, which is that they're really scoring is down. Um, that may be um, a function. Sid was suggesting that may partly be a function of the fact that the top two aren't, um, or historically the top two aren't, you know, winning matches 6-0 and 7-1 the way they did a few years back. But, but I think you're right that these clubs that are, that are come, that have come up are succeeding pretty well by just parking the bus and defying other teams to, um, to break them down. I tend to agree with Robin that I'm, in the short term, when we're when we're looking at where we are with all the injuries, um, it's unfortunate that with both Baca and um, Paco out, we really don't have a good option as that um, guy in the center. Other than I, I agree with Robin. I think maybe trying Fernino there would be good because I think Gerard is just so much better when he's got somebody to to play with and play off of. Um, I I think a lot of the problem against Elche was that he was really not that um, comfortable um, being in the middle and 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 whatnot. I I guess the other thing I am thinking in the short term in the short term is um, a role for Pedraza somewhere um, because I think he is at least somebody who, even though we normally want to see him. Um, in the fullback role, we might need to play him further forward on the left um, because I think he can at least um, defend uh, somewhat and he's physically tough. I, I think um, the Baena experiment didn't work real well, but even Kubo, um, when he was in there, did a lot, but he also got knocked down a lot and gave the ball away. And I just don't see him as uh, playing Kubo and... Uh, and Samu together for 90 minutes is not good. And I don't know. I'm just not, it, there are a lot of, there are a lot of pieces to tinker with. Um, so I, I'm, a, I'll be more worried, um, as Zach said, if we 
end up not scoring or scoring one goal against Betis because I think we should be able to dominate there. Yeah, I, I agree. I I really I think in the in the game was it Real Sociedad? I can't remember where Pedraza and Stupin and were playing on that left wing. It, I mean, it wasn't the most dazzling thing, and I think that's probably a credit to Moy being missed rather than Pedraza not playing as well. I I, I think. I, I think they're great as well, and I, I would like to see Pedraza more higher up as well. I think against, especially against those more physical sides like Elche and and, and Cadiz, that having him there would be really good. A bit more physical presence. Again, I, I would I don't, don't want to punish Benena for that for that for that match. It was, certainly wasn't like his performance or anything. He certainly did throw his feet in. I, I really I really like that partnership as well. I'd be interested to see how you both feel about. Because I, I saw calls as well and comments stuff where they were talking about Estupinan playing higher up and Pedraza playing at left back. Mm. I actually prefer the other way. I like Pedraza there because then it means Estupinan can do all his sprinting and pass the run and then Pedraza can just stop back at the left back. I think it's a nice partnership and I think that could develop quite well if we, we put a lot of fruition into it. Um, we are missing Moy, which again, Alan, you'll know that I never thought I'd ever say. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yes, I've all, I know. I'm going to... I'm gonna... I, I won't. I won't rub it in too much there. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It's it's um, it is. I also think you can't you can't discount, and this comes this comes into the effect of injuries, but also just the um, trying to to deal with the various pieces here. It's hard to um, overemphasize the importance of the the small preseason you know we just you know all that was true for for everybody in la liga that that you know as soon as we finished the 2020 season here we are ready to start very quickly and i think that's been a, a problem and i think for clubs like Villarreal that are that are playing in europe and um and have international players called up during the breaks it's it's also um, a struggle. I mean, I feel for Emery trying to work out on the fly who to play where and how to how to approach each match when things have been so so different in practice all the time. Well, and it's also it's also worth noting, you know, before we come across as too frustrated, we're unbeaten in fourteen matches, and that I mean that matters. Uh, that you know we we haven't lost. He got the tactics wrong against Barcelona. And we haven't lost since. And when you think about all the important players that have been injured during that time, um, that's mm-hmm. pretty impressive, even if there are a couple of draws in there that should have been. Played. Yeah, I, that's, that's true. I think, I think the, um, the difference I think is, and you, since you um, love to look at the, at the expected goals could maybe comment more about this but I think the I think the frustrating bit was just has been the matches where um we just it's always frustrating when you're when you're going up against a team that that is determined to park the bus and they do it and you don't create much um it reminded me very much of a Segunda match frankly where where it's just very physical and um a very uh, very tight marking um, not much room to maneuver, and uh, one team is clearly better than the other, but just can't figure out how to make that show on the scoreboard. So, yeah, I mean, it was frustrating, but it was one match. I think I, I get sometimes frustrated when I see Kubo and Samu, or like 
I mean, I know they didn't start together, but I get really frustrated when I see those two starting on the pitch because, as we, well, they they do tend to lose the ball, and I don't think they offer so much attacking threat as a sort of as a as a substitute to the attackers that we have. So I prefer that I like the fact that he uses the youth, and I want to see more of that rather than. I mean, I know Samu is young and he is our current player, but I think think he might get snapped up soon anyway. So mm-hmm. um, sorry, I don't really know where I'm going off at this point, but yeah, <laughs> it's. Um, yeah, no, it's, you, you're both absolutely right in sort of the positive front. Like like Zach said, we haven't lost haven't lost since Barcelona, and that that Barcelona was a very humiliating sort of reminder as as a side. But yeah, no, def, definitely, I I agree. I, I, you know, I'm looking forward to the next few games. I think my frustration was also with Real Sociedad game again because that was geared up to be such a big game, and it ended up you know being a bit. Uh, unspectacular so that I suppose that might be, might be why I'm more negative on this front but yeah um, sorry I don't know where I'm going with this one Back no to you, I, I think you're right I mean I think I think it has been a little bit disappointing that that with that match in particular I think you know I think with the Madrid match we as as has happened a couple of times now in recent years we um, you know a point is nice but I think we really felt that we could have won that. And I think the narrative we would be a lot different if we had won that match. Um, we'd be sitting here, I mean, not just with two more points, but we'd be saying, well, hey, we beat Madrid, you know. <laughs> um, so it, it it's just a reminder that I think as fans, how we look at matches, how we look at the team is really one little thing here or there can make a, can make a big difference in perception. And uh, Sid and I were saying that it's it's very 2020 the fact that on that we're sort of you know you want to be optimistic but it's tempered with realism or something <laughs> or or a, a, a nine month long depression I don't know um, yeah I think uh, let me ask you about the Baena start um, do you think that was totally tactical or do you think there was maybe a message for Kubo somewhere in there. I, I'm not much of one for melodrama as much as Real Madrid fans seem to love that every time anything with Kubo comes up. Yeah. Um, I really think it was one of those things that Samu had just scored a game-winning goal, and mm-hmm. so he was going to reward that with giving him a start. And Emery likes responsible football. And, yes. and when you have two guys that – lose the ball on more than 10% of their overall touches. Emery in his brain is just not going to want to start both those guys together. So if Samu's earned a starting spot, then he needs someone that is more responsible over on the left. Um, And at at that point, he thought we were still going to be playing a uh, midweek Europa League match this week. So he probably wanted to give Pedraza, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, a seat, you know, and, and, and then, so he goes to Bayana. I, I think it was, I think it was tactical. I don't think he's playing mind games. Yeah, okay. I completely agree with that, really. I, I, I think that's why I suppose I like about Emery more than Kayeka. He recognizes when, you know, he's not afraid to sort of drop someone or, or, you know, he doesn't feel the need to have to play someone just because of of, of um, the fact that they're the star name from Madrid on loan, or even Samo to an extent. That he's based on this big reputation that you know goes about. I, I'll be honest; it's, it's hard with Samo. I never want because he is still very young, and I, I, but I admit I'm probably the most cynical about him. Really, I, 
like yes, yes, he scored in Europa League stuff. It was so great to see him, but he just hasn't reached those heights yet. I think of of what we expect. The consistency is really, really down. So I expect him sort of to be maybe dropped again for the for this weekend's match um, if that happens. I I just can't see him as a first team. I'd be interested. Do you two think that we're going to kind of what's going to happen with Samu? Do you think we're going to keep him? And play, or do you think he's going to go in January? Because I've seen all the comments about people sniffing around him again. So, mm-hmm. what, what do you think of that? I'm going off point again. I know. <laughs> well, I think partly it depends on, as always. I mean, I think it depends on who is actually coming in with with what money. Um, I I think that we, you know, we sort of dodged a, a bullet in the summer because teams were so, um, the, the budgets were down with, with COVID issues and everything else. And I don't know how much that will have changed in January, to be honest. Um, I do feel for, for Samu's point from, from his development, I think that it's kind of likely that if, if there's a good offer, he would be more, he would be more willing to entertain it now than he would a year or two ago. And, and I think Varial would be more willing to entertain it now than they would a year or two ago. Because it sort of feels as though he's plateaued here. Um, and I think he probably uh, needs to... It's probably time for a new chapter, whether that's in January or or June. I don't know. But I I do think he's going to move on at some point. Um, I don't know. Zach, what's your feeling about it? I um I think Sam is like a twenty five million euro winger. I, I I really like if somebody came in and offered us twenty five for him, I'd I'd probably take it. If somebody offered us thirty for him, I'd take him like take it like quickly. I just when he's on, he's he's an incredible decisive dribbler. He draws fouls. He creates opportunities for other people. He creates opportunities around the edge of the box. Um, but he's just not on enough for it to be worth it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, when we're full strength, there's a 0% chance that he should be one of our starters. And I, I, I can't, I know his, I know his release clause is like 80 million, but like, I can't act like a player that can't start for Villarreal is an 80 million euro player. Mm-hmm. So I, to me, I think he's, I, I know he's not satisfied being a backup here and, and a role player here. And, and so um, I think he's going to have to get sold, but I just, I think both he and the club are, think he's worth more than what he actually really probably is in the open market. And that's going to be complicated. Uh, like Alan said, I don't think anybody has any money right now. So I don't think, really see it happening in January. Um, and even next summer, I mean, unless the club and the player can say, yeah, hey, we'll take $25 million, let's do that. Um, I, I have a hard time seeing it happen. It, it's just going to drag on and drag on. Yeah, I, I think the it's always hard. <laughs> it's a bit it, it's a bit like um, people's valuation of their of their real estate. You know, and on the one hand, it's like, well, we we basically got him for very little. Of course, we've put a lot of money or a lot of and time into his development, and so I don't know how you how you value that. 
you and and we certainly you know you don't want to undersell one of your one of your assets um but i don't see you know i think the i think 25 30 million is probably about about right because you're you're still paying for he's still young you're still paying for development down the line i just feel as though he's he's probably somebody who might do La Liga is very tactical, and I'm not sure that that's the best place best place for him to play. Um, I think he'll, I actually think he'll do fine. I don't know if he'll start against Betis, but I think he may. You know, he may come on as a, as a sub. I think I think we'd like to keep him through through this year, partly because of Europa League and partly because we are going to be playing more teams that are like Betis that are more open, but. Overall, I, I'm just thinking maybe he maybe going to um, to some place like Germany or or uh, the UK might be a good good place for him because I think I think I can see him fitting in better there. I think. Yeah, I completely agree. I, you know, I, I don't know. He's a different player this season, and I don't know whether that's Emery. Because I remember reading that Emery was sort of giving him special coaching and stuff like that, and I don't know if it's somehow dented his confidence a bit or something. It's not like he, he appears on the pitch and he's you know not the same player, but I just I get really frustrated seeing him on the team sheet, which is really really bad. I know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but you know the fact that the way I kind of we the way we use him, I would actually use Kubo in that situation because he's a lone e player and he you know, sort of steps in as a young player and he can play in that situation. Rather than Samu, because Sam is obviously a, a home player, isn't he? So, but yeah, it, it, I completely agree. I, d- I don't think he's as suited to La Liga as we as people seem to think he is in general. I, I think the Premier League would suit him very well. T- definitely a team like maybe slightly lower down the division in the sense of like Everton or sort of West Ham. Rather than sort, of, I can't see him sort of bursting into the scene on Chelsea or or Liverpool sort of thing. And, it, and it'll be good for him if he wanted to go. I mean, there's always been his energy touted around him and going, but. I mean, if if he stays, obviously he still offers something to the club. So it's it's, it's mm-hmm. going to be an interesting term of events. Uh, I'd rather much rather see him go than and then Paul Torres. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I would agree there. I think I think a lot of it is. I think Emery has really tried to encourage him to <laughs> learn how to do something defensively. Um, and you know, I, I I mean, it's again, it comes back to. I think we would be seeing a different result maybe if the right, if last year's season had ended in May and we'd had, you know, we'd had a break and then we'd had a fairly long, the usual um, preseason. I think I, I just feel as though a lot of what is happening is that he's being, he's being asked to adjust his game on the fly. And I don't, and I don't think that that's an easy thing to do. And I, I'm, I'm kind of like with Zach. I don't think we're going to get a big offer for him in January. Um, I think it. I think maybe in, in next summer. But I think we can probably get our heads around taking it in some in some fashion. But I don't think it's going to be anywhere near seventy one million or whatever his release clause is. Um, and I, and I would, and I would hope that we would up Paul Torres's clause because I think he's far 
uh, there just aren't that many center backs of his talent and youth out there. So he's, he's the guy I would really hate to lose. You're right. With him, it's interesting, actually, because a lot of people are saying, oh, he'll leave, he'll leave, he'll leave. But I, I think people are mis- misjudging how loyal he is. I mean, he is a VRL lad, and he is very, seems very, very loyal to me, to the club. I might be ended, I end up regretting saying this, but I, I just, like, obviously, we everyone talks about release calls and prices and stuff like that, but he's incredibly young. He's a really solid centre-back, and he's from VRL. I think that'll mean more to Roy than getting a lot of money, because we're not desperate for money, so... Mm-hmm. I don't really see the need to sell him, and I think there's a lot more to it—the fact that he's a home lad and you know VRL legend already. <laughs> um, so I mean, again, I'm I'm overrating the youth for that, but I think he could just be a world-class player, and I think VRL is the best place for him, and I think he'd actually generally like to stay personally. Um, I don't yeah. know how, how do you two feel about him? Do you think he'll stay or go? I I think first of all, I think he's the uh, the best center back that Spain have um I, I I which you know so you talk about you talk about how we rate the youth like that's how I rate him I think he's the best center back Spain have um it, everything I've seen about his personality it doesn't strike me as he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who would agitate the leap mm-hmm. um so if somebody comes through and hits his claws he might investigate that opportunity but, you know, I, I don't see him as being the person that, like, actively looks to leave. So I really think, especially with Emery here and um, the the project right now being really focused on trying to win a trophy, um, I think as long as that's what Villarreal's goal is and, and he's getting consistent Spanish national team call-ups, I, I don't think we'll lose him. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I think he's – I think – I think it would be very unlikely that he would leave for that somebody would come in and wave big money at him right now and he would just say, oh, that's it, I'm gone. You know, He doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. And I also think that Senor Reich is not going to be as keen to, to entertain an offer for somebody who, as you say, is very loyal to the club and everything else. You know, we sold Santi because we had to. We needed money, right? We're not in that position right now. Um, and I think that's the that's the the only you know when I think back of a player who we who we basically sold because we got an offer and we felt we had to accept it. it we had to accept it for monetary reasons because of of how our our budget was. We're not in that situation right now, so. I, I think he, I think we're probably keen to keep him around and probably keen to, um, you know, up his up his claws and up his up his pay. I don't know what he's earning right now, but you know, I know we've we've already redone his contract once or twice, right? Um, any any other thoughts as we get ready for? I mean, we've we've made through the first eleven matches. We got we had twenty points, which I think was was pretty pretty good, um, better than what we would have expected. Now we've got this remaining eight match to, uh, eight matches to get through to the, to playing each of the teams once. And we got a point from one. We've got a bunch of matches coming up that on paper are winnable, but you also know we're going to have the same, um, defensive minded teams in a lot of, in a lot of, um, areas that we're playing. So, not so much Betty's, but some, but 
you know, Osasuna, for example. And so anybody want to give a prediction as to where we'll be after 19 matches? We're um, right now we're on pace to, um, to better our point total from last season by seven points, which would have, uh, uh, which would have had us tied with Sevilla, for, um, and um, and we've already played Barcelona, Madrid, Real Sociedad, and Atletico. So um, I I think that when we get done, I, I still expect us to be sitting in the top four when we when we finish this first half of games. Okay. Um, and I think we're on track to make the Champions League for next season. Yeah, I certainly can't argue with that, really. I. You know me, I never really think about more further on than the next game. But um, I, I think, I suppose just to add that, I think in terms of sort of next year and the, next, and the future, I'd say that I, from what I've learned of Emery so far, he's very, very much willing to accept when he makes mistakes and he's also very willing to learn from it. So I, I feel that if we if we play these the other teams again, I think we'll learn a bit more how to challenge them and, and maybe get more from the game. Um, so see what happens in the summer as well. It might be more less injury for injury wise for us as well. Also, you know, some of those younger players that are covering for um, for players that are injured might bring something more to the game or might develop more. So um, I suppose, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm just sort of looking forward to seeing whatever remains, uh, whatever happens for the remaining games. Really, um, it should be should be good, and hopefully we we'll carry on this this good run of form that we're on and not lose our streak. Mm. What about you, Alan? What do you reckon? Uh, I think we, I think if we can make it through the, um, I think if we can make it through this this period of with of injuries, um, that that's obviously great. Um, you know, I I still feel like we're I'm not I I feel like we're still sort of in that fourth or fifth range. Um, I'm not. Sociedads seem like they're probably the the best of the non, um, they're the best of the other seventeen. Now that I think Atleti is pretty much up with the other two, um, so you know I think it's I think it's still. If you had asked me when the season started, would I be happy with where we are now? I would say yes. Um, so I think I have to kind of look at look at that and going into the season. Um, I think I was sort of waffling between fourth and fifth, um, and you know, let's let's see how it goes. Um, we one thing that we have seen this year that we'll be interested to see how it plays out over the rest of the season is, you know, La Liga is is much more competitive top to bottom than it was. We're not going to see somebody rush off with a hundred points and winning first and 97 being second. And it doesn't seem like we have a bottom team or teams that are really bad either. So I think there's going to be a lot of, there's there's going to be a lot of tight matches because so many clubs are going to be so close, so worried about the relegation zone. Um, So I don't know. I, I, I'm feeling pretty good, though. I think overall, I have to. I like what we've what we've seen, um, albeit with the injuries and needing to tinker some things. So, you know, I'm I'm pretty happy. Good to hear. All ready for the festive period, aren't we? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
point out, I will point out that Atletico is on pace to get 98 or 99 points, but uh, nobody else is. Right. Yeah, but but at, but Atletico, yeah, Atletico are, but I I don't think they'll keep it up over the entire season. But yes, they're on they're on pace to to do that to do that. Um, but nobody else is. So we'll see. This could be one of these years. It could be one of these years where the top five teams say are quite a lot better than sixth, or or we could have one of these situations where the difference between third and fourth and eighth and ninth and twelfth and thirteenth is quite small. So you know, uh, I'll also say this, and this will be a bit of a bold prediction for the handful of people that listen to our podcast um real sociedad will not make top four they, they have to go play the supercopa in um in in uh saudi arabia and they have to play uh the cup final from last year um and they're still battling it out in europe uh, and um I, I think I don't think they're as deep as a lot of people think they are, and um, I think that's going to show the second half of the season. And I think they're going to end up in six or seven. Okay, all right. Who, uh, do you, how, how do you think we'll do in Europe? Like, do you think we could go on and win it? We haven't really talked about much about Europe. I, uh, I never really excited yeah. to the second round. So, you know, I think a lot of it depends on. I hate to say it. I think a lot of it depends on who we draw in the next. Um, the round of 32 is going to, even with us winning the group, there are going to be some interesting um, teams that we could come up against. And I guess if you, I, I feel like we ought to be able to make at least the quarters of the semis, but it's hard to know because you don't know who's going to drop down. And it also depends to some degree on how your, how your draw is. Um I think we'll I think we'll do pretty well, um, but I think we would do. Um, I'm going to withhold judgment to some degree until we draw the next round, which is fairly soon, as I recall. Yeah, um, I, I'm with Alan on that. Until we see who drops down from the Champions League, we have no idea. I mean, just um, you know, you, you take you just look at some the teams that are in danger of dropping down into the Europa League and um, I think some of those teams will be extremely ticked off if they end up down there and could just rip the thing apart so uh, we just we got to see who drops down and who we get paired up with before we, I, we can really speculate anything yeah that makes sense yeah I'm, I'm the same I, just, I think we've had this conversation before but I really hate that rule of teams managing to mess up the Champions League and feel it's okay to come into the Europa League but it does make the league more exciting I suppose so um, but yeah it's, I, I'm the same I just I, yeah I never really hold you as much I, I only really get more excited by the Europa League in the second rounds and that's that, that is I suppose discrediting some of the sides we face but I want to see kind of a more exciting sort of European display um, I do I suppose I do worry that you know later on down the line do we get to the point where like, I think Emery said in an interview this week that obviously La Liga is a priority for him and Europa comes second but will we get to that point where we end up doing better in Europa than we are doing La Liga and do we start putting more focus on players our star players playing Europa League and vice versa back to La Liga. So it'd be interesting, interesting to see what happens with La Liga. Knowing my luck as well, every year I really hope Villarreal face someone in England where I'm close to in the north of England and then I can go to the match. 
know my year, it'll be bang on my doorstep and it'll end up being a COVID-ridden year and I can't go to the match. That's <laughs> the same reason, the same thing happened with the Villarreal Valencia derby. It was bang on my birthday, dead on set to go and COVID happened. So. COVID happened, yeah. yep, yep. <laughs> well, I, I remember years ago we had one of our, one of our um, Villarreal USA members who was... Um, literally could have walked to the final had we made it um, the year that Porto knocked us out. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, and, and uh, Ravi had his, had gotten his uh, visa for the match, I think, um, had done all that so he could go and then we couldn't. So anyway, um, yeah, it, it, I think it will be interesting to, to see. And I think we'll, we'll know a lot more, um, the round of 32 draw is coming up next week, I believe, but it's not until February that those matches get played. Um, any, I'm expecting that the, that the match against Karabag is just going to get canceled because it doesn't really matter for anything. And I was looking at the, at the, I can't see when we would play it before January. And I doubt that anybody wants to fly to Viriel in January to play. So... You know, at least it at least it doesn't affect the other two positions in the group. So I think it I think there's a good chance that that one may just not happen at all. Yeah, they'll be whinging about TV rights or something. They weren't they? That, 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 that was it. We know the power that TV companies seem to have over football matches more than common sense, as we talked about in Premier League before. I'm not going to go into one of those rants where I we get to the end of the podcast and then I give them random random topic and it ends up. <laughs> I'm very conscious of that, so I won't go into that. But maybe another podcast. All right. Well, thank you, thank you. Maybe another podcast. We'll 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 give you away for time to do something stupid, and then we can then we can all unload on it. So, all right. So this is Alan for for Zach and Robin, um, Endavant Varial, and uh, keep the keep the optimism. <laughs>